The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as Aaron Bertles joins us today with Water Street Solutions. Looking at the market some green on the screen. Corn and beans were up. It was lower, though, on the wheat complex. Let's look at what's happening and in, in, start off with, Aaron, in the soybeans. Because you made the comment to me that this is just a little off, a little odd that we saw the strength that we saw today in the market. Yeah, I'm surprised. Just based on the action that we saw Friday after the report, uh, you know, you saw them take kind of that report into play on Friday after doing what they did on uh, Thursday when the actual numbers came out. But then to see us rebound pretty well here uh, two days after that, um, after having that big dip and then holding support, is somewhat surprising. You know, it's, it just tells you that they're still looking at the short-term stuff here right now. The fact that, uh, you know, South America's weather has not turned around, that we have damage down there that is done that's not going to be reversed. Uh, some would speculate, too, probably, that the willingness of the USDA to drop those production numbers down as far as they did could likely mean that it's actually worse down there. Uh, usually they don't like to, to come that far in one report. So, you know, I'm sure some speculation about how bad is it really down there at this point. Um, so to see them look at those things and to not see that yet become old news, because it it is the same story. It's a story that might be getting worse, but it's the same one. But then to, to look at those numbers that came out after that in that report of our expectations for the carryout if we produce the crop that we're hoping to produce, uh, at some point that's going to become the forefront news. And I don't know whether it's the end of this month, I don't know whether it's once we finally get it planted, but when that does become forefront and we finally realize you know exactly where the Argentine and South American crop is, um, it's hard to imagine that not being a bearish situation once that gets to that point. We do have that planning intentions report coming out months end. What point are you guys going to start factoring in the anticipations of those numbers? I think you're going to start doing it here in the next week. I mean, I think I'm surprised to not see it already uh, after you've gotten through that report from last Thursday. Um, and any, you know, any price movement at this point, I mean, beans obviously for most people are still in a place where they are more profitable. Nebraska is kind of an oddball place just because of uh the ability to produce corn and a lot of irrigated areas and just what those yields are. Uh, but in the eastern states, soybeans are still the place that, uh, or what you would want to plant for more profitability. So, you know, you go back to, to looking at that, and even though that's the case, corn now is above $4. I mean, we touched 411 today, uh, the highest price that we've seen since August 10th last year, where the market took its big dive after that production report. Um, that's going to put people in a mindset where they're going to start getting more optimistic about corn. And I would be a little bit nervous about being able to gain some acres back in this you know, period here before we get to uh, springtime. Uh, even though corn's not as profitable, you could still see some acres gained back there, and we don't need any more acres of corn. We're expected to have a big enough corn carryout as it is. Uh, if, if those acres get above 90 or you know, 90.5 or even 90, uh, that's plenty going into this year and would, would have a pretty bearish situation if we grow the crop that that we're expected to grow and have grown the last few years. You also made a comment that uh, this is going to be an interesting week. I mean, the next the next drought 
map will be coming out. Looking at what we're seeing in the Southern Plains as planting gets underway, is that got to have a little bit of price influence as well? Yeah, I think it will. I don't know that it should, um, just because of the time frame that we're in, but I think it will also because you've seen a lot more open interest in these markets. Um, probably some of that because of just how short these markets were overall when we came into this year, uh, but some of it also because of the instability of the outside markets right now um, and people wanting to find a safe haven uh, and a value place to go buy. So you're seeing a lot of money flow in here. Um, so I think it will have an impact. Um, you look at the drought monitor, and it's it's not a pretty picture. You know, droughts, people say droughts are made right now. I, I get all that, but uh, to some extent, too, we've had plenty of rain the last few years. I know there's places that are really hurting. Um, this can be solved pretty quickly if those rains start to pick up. Uh, I wouldn't want to be planning for a drought right now. Um, I wouldn't ever plan for one just because, you know, most of the time we don't have one, right? It's not a... It's not a bet that you want to be making uh, most years. So it'll have some stability. It'll put some stability in the market, especially um, the corn market most likely, uh, depending on what those acres come out as. Um, But, yes, I think it will play a part in the next couple weeks here. Which outside market influence? Are we going to see some continue where we're sitting right now with the dollar? Say that again, Susan. I say with outside market influences, the dollar, other issues going to influence yeah, say, I, the corn and the beans yeah i think that you know it's just this instability of i mean you saw just the administration in general right now um just understanding you know the the stock market and all the money that's that's flowed into there and now you know their concerns where is that money going to go the trade war stuff you know is uh, where do people feel safe putting their money and we've seen a lot of increase in interest in coming back to commodities it's a huge jump um, through the, the first quarter of this year compared to where we started the year off, especially in comparison with the last five or six years uh, of interest that we've seen in, in the commodity market. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes as we move forward. If we start to, if we plant well, if the weather goes well, you know, does that stay around or does it go back to, um, to something else once those things become more stable, if they do? The way the wheat's been, too, I mean, to the downturn, do you see that having any ill effects on the way we see the corn trade? I think that, you know, wheat's a tough one for people because it's still the only market that, you know, Kansas City's obviously got a long position now, but Chicago's still got a short position. You you had a huge short position built into that. You've seen some increase uh, in buying their, uh, or at least people getting out of their short positions. Uh, but it's such a world crop. I mean, you've probably talked about this a lot on, on this, but, uh, you know, we, we really struggle to, to understand uh, our place in the wheat market in the world. Well, stick around, folks. We've got more coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as Aaron Bertles joins us with Water Street Solutions. Kind of left off with the influence that we're seeing on this wheat market into what we see in the corn trade. But speaking of influences, so much outside influence with talks of tariffs and how aluminum and steel could hit the ag industry. And then you throw China and soybeans into this whole mixture. Do you see it, Aaron, as a concern right now for producers, or do they just need to focus on the bigger prize, and that's the current prices? I think overall they need to focus on the bigger prize. Um, I think it should be a concern. It, it, we know if something does happen there, I guess the one thing you know is that it won't be friendly. So 
you have to then really focus on what are the prices today, what's my profitability, what can I possibly get done here. Uh, I don't want to plan for this stuff because I don't have any idea if there's going to be a trade war. Um, I know that you know the steps that are, are being taken. I know that uh, the exemptions that have been made to um, Mexico and Canada and all those things, but we don't know what the retroactive active effect of that's going to be. You don't know if, um, obviously, soybeans are our main front with this because we're, we're specifically looking at China when we're doing a lot of these things as far as tariffs. Uh, but what can they, you know, what are the things they can do, right? I mean, this is, this is limited to the, the fact that they do need soybeans. This is a terrible year for them to be trying to uh, start a trade war with that just because South America doesn't have quite the supply they're used to with Argentina having the problems they've had. So they may not have quite as much leverage there. I'm sure that they can do some things that will hurt our situation there if they really want to and get put into enough of a corner that they have to make that decision. But, uh, you know, this is that's a, a whole other level of concern uh, that we can't predict or try to plan for. So I think you really got to focus on what you got now. Realize that that is another bearish thing that could be out there. Uh, that should make you even more uh, aggressive if these are profitable levels for you. Export-wise, are you happy with the numbers we have had of late? It just seems to be on the kind of slower side right now. Yeah, I mean, corn obviously has been huge. Uh, we've had a, an average of 1.6 million metric tons over the last nine weeks. Uh, that's a, a big number, but we are behind still on everything for expectations. Um, so it needs to keep up, right? I mean, we saw in this last report that corn uh, dropped 200 million metric tons overall in carryout, and the fact is we still have over a $2 billion carryout. So new exports like this, we will start to see some slowdown as uh, places like uh, South America do come online. Now, obviously, Brazil is a ways off. Um, you know, they're up around 80% planted now for their second crop of corn, so it's going to be a while uh, before we get into those supplies. Um, so we need to see that stuff continue the way that it is. Uh, we need to make sure that it's able to continue into next year. You're starting to hear some stuff that, uh, China is going to be more uh, involved in producing ethanol and some of those things that should also increase their demand. So uh, it's one of those things where uh, we need it to happen. We, we need it to happen if we're going to keep growing these crops that we have in the last few years. Let's head over to the livestock side. Light losses seen within this cattle market. What are your thoughts? Well, you have huge supply. I mean, we've had a, a large uh, increase from the first to second quarter, uh, 745 million pounds. It was only 104 million pounds last year, so this is a, a big number. Um, I still think that cattle are, are in a place where uh, you've seen the cash price stabilize around 126. Uh, futures are, are below that, so it's tough to imagine that you're going to see a whole lot more decline here. Uh, I think you're going to stay pretty range-bound in this market. I, I think it's going to be tough to, to break some of these highs with the supply that we have in front of us here. Um, but we do have great exports. That's continued but this market and hogs, you know, from a livestock standpoint, it is directly affected to what people's concerns are going to be if this whole, you know, if these tariffs and everything do come around. I mean, this would be the one where you keep that piece out. I'm not really concerned about it going a lot lower right now. You put that in, and it could go lower than we really expect just because people look at stocks and they look at uh, if the money's coming out of those markets and money's coming out of people's pockets, they're going to be less likely to buy uh, more expensive cuts of meat. So uh, that's the, the bigger direct impact that um, would, would be an added piece of bearish information because other than that, uh, with the demand we have, as long as that keeps up, 
uh, we seem to be handling the supply pretty well. What about demand for these hogs? I mean, cash prices have been lower looking at the national direct trade. We saw a good bounce yesterday in boxed beef. Um, I think you're to the point now where uh, it becomes more technical uh, than it does anything else. Uh, You've seen a huge break in that market. Uh, It's very oversold at this point. Um, Obviously, it has its issues and it's directly affected by the things we just discussed, but I would expect it to find a point here now uh, in very short term where it, it does stabilize and try to work its way back up a little bit. All right, sounds good. As we uh, get ready to wrap up the Fontenelle Final Bell, what's the best way, Aaron, for folks to reach out to you guys and also follow what you're doing uh, to talk about agriculture? Yeah, absolutely. Just call Water Street Solutions at 309-680-1200. All right, lots happening. We'll keep an eye on the markets. Aaron will join us once again coming up on the Fontenelle Final Bell. Thanks again to Fontenelle and the Fontenelle dealers for bringing you this Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.